Welcome to episode number 21 of Exploring the Multiverse, an original Podrick the Podcast series. I'm your host, Maor Sadra, CEO and co-founder of Incremental. Today's episode was special for several reasons. It was the first time I got to interview an F-16 pilot. Most of my guests' career paths have been mm, somewhat different. But even more special was the fact that after almost 70 episodes of our podcast, this is the first time I got to do it face-to-face. My guest today is Naftali Hazoni, Chief Marketing Officer at GameStory. GameStory is in hyper-growth mode and have been ramping up their activity month over month utilizing savviness in data, a great game and extremely skilled people. Naftali is almost a newbie to the industry, but his extremely interesting background means that he asks the right questions, questioning the complexities and the things that our industry often takes as obvious. This was one of the most interesting conversations I had in the series and I hope you'll enjoy listening to it. Hey, this is so weird. This is the, um, I think this would be the 70th or 80th episode I record for the podcast, but this is the first time I actually do it face-to-face with anyone. And, and it's my it's my first podcast with Podrick. Really? And at all. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Uh, so, Naftali, please introduce yourself for the sake of the many listeners we now have. Sure. So, I'm uh, Naftali Khazoni. I uh, am the CMO of uh, Game Story. It's a real money skill gaming company based here in uh, Tel Aviv, in Amatgan, actually. I joined the marketing world only two years ago. Before that, I was in real estate in New York, uh, doing some distressed debt investments. And before that, I was flying at 16s oh. over the Israeli Air Force. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. So it's a fun fact. Okay. <laughs> that so is a very fun fact. I would say marketing is more like uh, investing in distressed debt and less like flying. But um, again, like a high impact, um, very fast uh, throughput changes. Yep. We have a little bit more than a few seconds in the marketing world, yes. but, uh, yeah, but yeah. it's still pretty fast and high impact and high risk. Nice. So, yeah. Cool. So thank you very much uh, for being here. We've been chatting and uh, we've been working together also for, for a little bit of time now. And yeah, I was very honored to have you join because um, I think you're you're one of the interesting people because again, you've been in this industry only for two years, which is almost a newbie but you're very quickly understanding the complexities uh, in it. Yeah, I think I was lucky enough to join the industry post uh, the new IDFA regulations and post the ATT trade restrictions. And that meant I wasn't uh, beholden to previous concepts. Tainted. Tainted or uh, I would say uh, biased towards the the current attribution system. And it enabled us as a company uh, to ask the difficult questions and and there are a lot of difficult questions and a lot of major problems with the way uh, digital marketing works. And I'm quite obsessed about it, I would say. And I think there are very f- relatively few people are asking questions uh, regarding where their budget is going and whether what they see in the data is true. And you are, I believe, one of the top people talking about it and caring about it. And yeah. It's, it's yeah, quite it's been, uh, been an obsession for me for many, many years. Well, it's uh, w- once you start going down the rabbit hole, it's very hard to exit it. I yeah. Think. yeah. Yeah. By the way, it's funny that you mentioned that like um, actually like being fresh in this industry gives you an advantage. I, I also agree. And I think that, you know, there is only a fragment of people who truly understands these like basic things that I would say sometimes the industry is very happy with selling to you kind of like, oh, just, just, you know, just accept it um, where once you start asking these essentially basic questions, like why is this like this? Like there's 80% click-through rate. Does that make sense? Like am I as a user 
clicking eight out of 10 ads I see. Uh, and you start seeing that and you start understanding these things that are like, hmm, wait a second, maybe it's a little off. It's it's very off. It's very often uh, when you when you look at marketing courses or at uh, websites focused on digital marketing, it's almost always focused on the technicalities of the platform. You know, how do you set up this campaign? What are the secrets to a good Facebook uh, story campaign? What's the right video format? And which I think is is close to is missing the point entirely. And then if, and then the other two important things are creatives, which obviously is very important. And attribution, the latter gets near to no attention. And part of it, I think, is that is that it's um, is that the answers are a little bit too difficult to bear. Yeah. Which is that oftentimes you're just wasting wasting all the money, and that's not something a marketing team wants to tell their executive. But you know, to be honest, and again, I've been in this industry like slightly longer. I think the industry started naive. So digital marketing had a big promise. Everything is measurable. Everything is trackable. And in concept, it sounds great. It's like if you think of like a, the marketing funnel, you know, if you get to understand if a user made a click or user convert in this like naive sense of the world, actually makes a lot of sense. But we live in a little bit more complex and competitive world where it doesn't really work like that because the users see a lot more ads than a single ad. And there's a lot more providers and advertisers working with. Essentially, if you're working with one media vendor, this whole like click-through attribution would be great. Yeah, it's it's. I would say that it has supercharged the advertising industry. And we can see great companies like Google and Facebook becoming some of the most valuable companies in the world. So I wouldn't say there's no value to, to measurement or that measurement is dead, but things are changing. And they're changing for the worse and value is getting sucked out of the system through privacy protection um and, and i think this this is actually opportunity um, just just as in any field when there's some incomplete information advantage goes to the the smartest guys in the room yeah so and maybe it's a good thing that not everyone's being food spend uh, spoon fed, spoon fed that yeah. would be the term. Yeah. yeah, but I guess by the way, some of this probably comes both from your F16 experience and distress real estate position. The smartest person in the room always gets the best deal or the best tactic and strategy in like combat. Situation. You'd hope so. Yeah, you'd hope so. With, with real estate, it comes down often to uh, to relationships, a lot of relationships, and uh, you could know what the best building is, but. Uh, but getting it is a whole other story. Um, but I, I would say that the, the shock in the industry is definitely going to be opportunity for those who grab it. And it seems to be that the answer lies in attribution and correct investment of your of your budgets. And so to me, and from my perspective, the more the merrier. Cool. So let's jump into some of the podcast episode questions. So this is a what if podcast where I go into crazy hypotheticals and so on. And you and I recently spoke about the craziness of the, again, 70% CTR, 80% CTR, um, and, you know, some like DSPs with 100% view through rate. And we're not going into explanation of terms because I would say most of the listeners to our podcast get it, at least all we're talking about. Um, what if the industry basically imposes standards where only intent clicks are allowed? That's a great question. Well, I think just like any regulation, so here we say the industry would be some sort of agreement between the MMPs and the, the exchanges. It's still, it's still not a totally free system and there's always going to be exploitation. 
So while it does sound exciting, it, it, it's still going to be prone to, to manipulation. And so I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that necessarily would solve the problem because the, the, the main issue we have is that it's not measurable today. And because no, you can't clearly discern what the truth is, because there's no link, because there's no IDFA, there's no, there's no uh, actual single source of truth, then, then all, these, all these regulations, what we're, we're trying to do is improve on what we have. And I still think that, you know, if you're the, an executive in a big exchange, you want to maximize your profits, you're going to do what you can to get, today it's high CPRs, tomorrow it's going to be, you know, how do you define a 15 second view? Well, you know, yeah, they can redefine anything out of existence and, and I, I believe they will. However, having said that, it's pretty clear that the current system is far, is far from being good. It's a terrible, relatively terrible system. It's being manipulated left and right. So there will be improvement and I think they can add value with better attribution. Do you believe in the improvement of the system or do you believe that advertisers just need to understand the system or at least be smarter than the system? Well, every advertiser is responsible for, for his own budget and understanding where he's spending it. Um, you, don't, you don't want an Uber situation, mm. but... An Uber, an eBay... And everyone and many 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 and um, no i i would say it's the, the responsibility in the end as apple always says is, is on the publisher the responsibility is on is on the end user and it's it's up to the mps to to provide value in the form of measurement and if they keep failing at that or they keep letting companies manipulate then some other solutions can have to come that's a better solution if you have to design a better system well, it's a trick question because we're in incremental offices right now. So, <laughs> but again, don't you don't have to be biased about like incremental or like well, whatever. I think incrementality goes a long way. I don't know whether I don't know whether it necessarily replaces attribution completely because, as you said, perhaps a better attribution system or some sort of combination between incrementality and and last some sort of last click or multi click models could work. Um, better than today is easy. Well, first, someone with enough power needs to set industry standards. It could be that AppsFlyer or other MPs aren't fixing last-click attribution because they can't, um, because exchanges have, much, have too much power over them. Um, but someone with enough power needs to enforce what a click is, what's a view, what's a meaningful engagement. That will uh, that will allow already many companies to uh, to be way more efficient and will add value to the system. And the other one is, it's not us. It's not a enforced, incrementality isn't enforced. It's, it's, I would say it's more of a way of thinking about things and a way of measurement. Um, but that's definitely something you want to be doing if you want to be profitable. By the way, maybe I'm, I'm, maybe I'm in the opposite of bias. Maybe I'm a terrible salesperson because like, you know, I speak a lot with like various sizes of advertisers. And sometimes when I speak with the big ones, I will definitely say like incrementality is not the single source of truth. Same goes for MMM, same goes for multi-touch, same goes for last touch. I would say that a smart advertiser will use as many data points to give them a directional, am I doing the right thing? Okay, what should I be doing? And for example, you know, if you could get 100% of users telling you why did I download your app and start using it? 
And let's assume that you could actually trust that data. That would be an amazing data point, okay? And if you add last touch to the mix, which is real time, it's very, very beneficial. Of course, like if you could also add more detach, that would be even more valuable to the mix. Incrementality allows you to complete that picture and MMM allows you to actually predict forward what should you be doing now. I would say that like when I speak with big companies, none of this is new for them. Basically, you know, like bigger companies, I would say, have developed their own MMM because it's like a biased product that you have to actually build in-house. Um, bigger companies do incrementality. Sometimes the old school way means like, hey, let's stop advertising, wait, restart advertising, measure the difference, be disappointed or be happy, but it's also a way to do. But I think that like, all of the solutions out there are our point solutions. And again, incremental currently is a point solution. It's a point solution for incrementality measurement. It's not a, hey, we are the solution for everything in this world and beyond that for measurement. So again, maybe I'm not the best salesperson for saying that in my podcast, that oh. we are not the only solution a marketer needs. Well, incrementality is as old as time, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it can be linked with just cause and effect. When you really simplify it, yeah, that's the whole. It's cause and effect, and I think we we've been using these AI powered, big data powered tools for so long that someone has pulled the rug out from underneath it. Again, I'm not going to say who, but it's a big, <laughs> big tech company, uh, and we we now have, we're now thinking as though we have AI powered, big data powered marketing measurement where we know the person's name and what they had for breakfast, um, but in reality we, we don't have that anymore. We're, we're in a very simple, relatively old school world, more, more akin to TV advertising. And the rise of incrementality is coming at the right time. So it's, it's a, you'd say it's a point solution. It's, it's the right solution for the right time. Okay, let's go for a wilder hypothetical. Okay. Um, now, of course, you've seen it, like um, like when we talk a lot about attribution, the attribution companies and so on, and roughly two years ago, their business was definitely hurt in a way, okay? Apple announced ATT. For iOS, some developers out there are basically stopping to use attribution because you have SCAD reporting, and SCAD is deterministic, even though it's last touch, and even though it's like campaign level, it is, it works, and it's free. Um, now, if we go for the very wild hypothetical that I really, really don't believe would ever happen, but what if the attribution companies start selling media, essentially become a DSP on the one hand, and maybe develop an SSP or an SDK to monetize? You know, they have the SDK already in, so they could essentially say, hey, now we, we can show ads. What if the MMPs essentially go into that direction? Well, I think you need to need to ask what they have to gain and how they can how they can do it right why why would they do it? so well the answer is pretty clear in the other direction now <laughs> yeah. right? so applevin applevin purchased uh acquired acquired adjust and you mentioned that they're not really doing anything with it but i would argue that they could and they should not in the moral sense just in the, in the business sense and, and mmp has a, a lots of data they have they have user level data often on, on region, historical user activity, especially if you've got IDFA in there, how much they purchase, where they purchase, which publishers, you know, work with which exchanges. They even, they might even have some ad level data. 
So they have this tremendous data across industry, across different types of publishers. And I mean, it begs the question, why don't they go into advertising? It really does because there are, there are many synergies. And as you said, they have an SDK in the app. It seems to be that they could be able to collect even more data than ad networks do on a, on a user level. So why it hasn't happened yet, that, I would say that's the question. And perhaps the answer is, is trust, right? I mean, as a publisher, I don't want to go and share my data with an MMP that's then selling it to other publishers. As an exchange, I don't want to work with uh, MMP that's giving an advantage to another exchange that's owned by that MMP. So, so it's, it's, it's trust that makes the system go around. And perhaps they're waiting for the right time. Maybe, maybe they need to be big enough uh, to do such a thing, uh, to say, all right, we can do this and it won't hurt our business. And I, I don't think that's so crazy. I think when an MMP bit like from a big uh, firm, say AppsFlyer, decides to start an ad network, I want to be there as, as, a, as user acquisition. I want to try it out. That sounds exciting. They have all this data from my competitors. I want to use it. At the same time, on the MMP side, they're going to have to be really good for me to want to stay. So maybe the only way is to touch on our previous question, open an ad network and fix attribution at the same time. If that's possible, then you know when be the world. One of the one of the events where which inspired me to start the incremental was this like a, a, a conference in New York by Luma Partners. Luma is this bankers. They do a lot of the good ed, ed tech deals. People know them as like the Luma scapes. It's like a chart with a thousand logos of ad networks and DSPs and so on. But anyways, there what Luma showed was that the perfect ad network is Amazon because you have basically from the awareness like you see the product on Amazon to fulfillment. So in a way, Amazon can essentially track the user's awareness, interest, and desire, action all the way through. And essentially, they also covered attribution because you're in their bubble. Okay. Now, when Luma was presenting this um, like presentation, they also said like what is broken essentially in the like other ed tech or marketing technology world is the fact that it's really, really, really difficult to actually triangulate. Why did the user do what they did? Um, so maybe in a way you're right. That's, but I think the missing point here is the first party data. I think what Apple essentially deprecated was the ability of any other company to actually track the user other than Apple search ads, which is one of the reasons why Apple search ads is growing that much. Yeah, I think Apple search ads is could just be the beginning of Apple ads, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. And it's it seems dubious that they would deprecate first party data, but focus it primarily on Facebook. Yeah. To hurt Facebook, to hurt Google, which are the two largest ad companies. So in, in many ways, if anyone could start an ad, ad network, it would be Apple. Actually, you know, I never thought about it, but Apple with SCAD is an attribution company operating an ad network that, by the way, has grown, I think, 5x in the last two years, something like that. Well, it's, it, it's very Apple to take something that exists and to make it beautiful yeah. and make it something everybody wants to use. It's, it's not very Apple to create something like SCAD network, which is something that already exists, but they made it maybe worse. <laughs> so I would say what's, you know, what's the trick in their hands? If Apple wants to, to create a beautiful MMP, then they need to make Scout Network, you know, uh, fight fraud. They need to make it fair and they're strong enough, right? We said someone needs to be powerful enough to, to enforce the rules. Apple could do that. Um, so they could be both the MMP, they could be the ad network. 
which yeah. by the way is the next hypothetical what if scott starts adding anti fraud well i don't i think we need to define fraud okay let's right? do that so when when i first heard of fraud and advertising you imagine black hats <laughs> you know Hackers. somewhere in yeah. eastern europe in a basement with their hoodie up yeah. sending bots that are fake bots fake clicks like installs but from from our experience and from what what i hear the buzz in the industry people deal with fraud but that's usually not the main problem because you can recognize it you can block it out you can limit its its uh, effects what's difficult to fight is is the big boys fraud and and that's attribution manipulation so you can't call it fraud because you know you have to prove it and and you're talking about very big companies so if everyone's doing it is it really fraud but when the company knowingly sends traffic your way is knowingly poor traffic and then again knowingly presents it as something beautiful i i wouldn't say that's so different from fraud and it's just wide scale fraud it's, it's tens of billions of dollars of wasted ad spend because because of deliberate misreporting so 100% ctrs and that that's seems pretty fraudulent to me if you go to if you go to a bank and uh, uh you put some investment in your investment bank and the banker says well yeah well we we've given you 30% profits you're very happy to put more money in they go to jail for a long time but in the in the marketing industry somehow it's okay so if apple with scott networks just solves the people with the hoodies and there's less bots i don't think it's going to make much of a difference but if they solve the attribution they solve um, attribution manipulation on a large scale it's going to be a beautiful product just like all the apples other beautiful products and everyone's going to want to use it how would they so what would be your idea to how apple could essentially maybe again not introduce an anti fraud suite but literally reduce fraud on at least ios or scud well if if they use scud if they try to make scud a, a beautiful product in the sense that as a marketer everybody wants to use it so they, then everybody will want to use it and by by virtue of it being a popular choice they can force all the networks to use it and the way to do that is the same way they're doing scud you have to use it there are storkit rendered ads they can track everything that's going on there and we're not even asking you whether there was a click or not we're telling you hmm. we're telling you what a meaningful engagement is we're telling that's it this is the new system nobody can do that except apple by the way a lot of the um, a lot of the podcast episodes also focused on this question what if apple forces a standardized x button like an x experience which by the way like today is hell if you are also a gamer or at least a mobile gamer uh, you see those ads and they are quite annoying and you cannot close them and sometimes it's a 90 second ad with multiple um what is it um, like flyers at the end of the ad and every click on the X still pops the app store. That's a click. That's a click. So, so they can make it very, very small. Yeah. Or they can make it very big. But again, the, the company, the exchange is the party that's deciding what to fire to the MMP. Yeah. The exchange is deciding what a click is. So if you make their X button larger, they're just going to, they're going to shift the goalposts. All right. Now a click is a 10 second view. By the way, I can tell you that last week I was in MAU in Vegas and there was a lot of gaming companies and this was a topic. So the 70-80% CTRs, they are a topic now. People are boiling. It's not cool. No, it's not cool. Maybe it'll change, by the way, because 
if I can tell you that in 2017, um, when this was fraud era, basically, what drove the change was the fact that it was, everybody was talking about it. You couldn't hide anymore. So the networks who were doing it were just known. Everybody knew exactly who are the networks that you should just stay away from. Now it doesn't really seem to be yet the case, but maybe it's heading there. It's the case of the person who sits up high in the room. Yeah. I think this is an uh, economy. Yeah. When you raise interest rates in one country, all the countries need to raise interest rates yeah. at the same time. And then it's this, this effect. So what's happening is that a big company starts broadcasting 100% or 90% CTRs. So they have the ROAS. So all the big companies are doing it. I don't think you can point at a culprit today. If I look at all the major exchanges, they all have upwards of 70, 80% CTRs. So if back then maybe it was one or two uh, notorious companies that got named in the big lawsuits, who, who are you going to sue today? Everyone? So it's just a new norm and it's a bad norm and people should be boiling. And do you think, by the way, the fact that it's the norm in a way helps simplify the measurement of it? That's something I was thinking about earlier today, that if one company was doing it and they would be stealing all the attribution, and you could say, well, it's all broken. I have no idea where this came from because this one company stole it. But since everyone is broadcasting 100% CTRs, then in a sense, we're back to the beginning when everyone was sitting down in the room. Now everyone's standing up, but still you can kind of see what's going on. I think you listened to, a, I had a podcast with Moshi Bloom from Beachbum, and he, he, he named it pretty interestingly. He said it's a race to the bottom. It's, it's a bottom of the funnel, basically. It's whoever tapped the, tapped the user last before they convert. Yep. It's a wild way to it's a wild way to attribute. Companies that are using view through attribution are particularly susceptible to, I would say, attribution manipulation, the lack of a better word fraud, but attribution gaming. Attribution also, gaming, uh, but manipulation works. Manipulation or, or just um, misrepresentation of, of the the returns. So with view through, it's even easier. Yeah. If with click through, you can. Say already click the X, that's a click. With you three, all you gotta do is put a little tiny banner. But maybe, you know, maybe scan, let's say 5.0, 6.0, 8.0 at some point will give you the advertiser, the dashboard where suddenly this all starts making a little bit more sense. Again, we're talking about beautiful products from Apple. Maybe they'll get there. I, I, I get the sense that they have to. I, otherwise, what are they doing? They're doing something, they're up to something. Oh, SCAD 4 and is better than 2. So why are they making it better? If, if their only purpose was to hurt Facebook, done. Yeah. But it seems that on, in addition to hurting Facebook, they may have also hurt the App Store, the ecosystem. If there were companies running on a 10% margin, and now because of uh, poor attribution or their ads aren't targeted as well, they're, they've lost their margin, they're shutting down. That's, that's lost business for Apple. Yeah. So Apple has an interest to make the system beautiful. And the, the better their attribution gets, the more the ecosystem will thrive, the more companies can be profitable using targeted ads while maintaining some sort of privacy. So I think they have to do it. They also have to do it for the sake of our industry because uh, it's not going well now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I do think, by the way, so there was like another question in some of the episodes about like Apple reducing the app store fees, which like many people said, it's not a if question, it's a when question and it will happen. And scan will improve. By the way, there was scan like scan 1.0. It was terrible and no one used it, but it was out there for 
at least three years before Apple announced ATT and Scan 2.0 and so on and so on and so on. And I think eventually it will get better. That there is like, without a doubt. Plus, again, like even though I'm like, uh, you know, been in this industry for a while, I've always been optimistic. Like it's complex and it's crazy. And it's like, there's a lot of powers that be and everyone's pulling in their direction, but I'm quite optimistic. Optimistic about what? Order. Eventually this will all make sense. <laughs> Maybe that's my OCD. Oh yeah, or it's a uh, more uh, utopian. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I actually think that if Apple's at the reins, it should make more sense eventually, one way or another. Um, in general, I, I think the mentality there is to create value, and they clearly destroyed value with the introduction of Scan. And there's 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 even more classic fraud now, just because it's so much more easy to do it. But it seems like in the long run, this is going to be good. I agree. I think, by the way, it returns marketers to being marketers and not just last-click data junkies. Yeah, you have to think about what your audience wants. You have to think about brand, yeah. which is something which was almost forgotten. Yeah, completely. Uh, I mean, you, you have these ads of, uh, you know, an old man is getting burnt or zombies peeing in a pool or all sorts of other crazy ads. And you start to wonder, wait, they don't care about their brand? And it's because brand, for the most part, died with targeted ads yeah yeah like it again it wasn't about personalization it wasn't about advertising at all it was just about like data points marketing automation and i think people started asking questions when the data points or at least the bank accounts started showing that maybe something isn't definitely aligned here when you when you try to when you have a an automated dsp buying based on the highest ipm you're incentivized to create ads that drive ipm and when IPM is defined by last click, then you're incentivized to drive clicks and it creates a, it's the TikTok, TikTokization of, of ads. Everything becomes short and everything becomes, it's less meaningful and brand is less important. And that, that's not necessarily a good thing for the, for the gaming industry because there could be really good games out there that customers would love and they miss out on them, which isn't exactly uh, effective, efficient industry. You do want the best products to get to the top, not the ones with the most mini game ads that kind of uh, trickle users down into their system. Cool. Naftali, thank you so much for being here. Uh, it was a pleasure. Also a pleasure having a my first face-to-face -face and your first podcast appearance. Amazing. Yeah, I didn't even know it was your first podcast. Or maybe I did. You told me? No. I mean, I've done a, I've done a few interviews here and there. Oh, okay, but the okay. podcast style, you know, I've listened to many podcasts. So cool. This is the other view. So thanks for your time. We also get of to course. do a handshake. Yeah, Good night. Okay. Maybe the beginning of a... A new beautiful format. <laughs> <laughs>